0: hello everyone welcome to the 11th episode of weaving myths season three weaving myths is a podcast focused on tabletop rolling games and specifically playing them through the play-by-post format i'm your host colin and joining me today are lee hello and chimi i was told to say try to behave yourself (laughs) I am site staff for my sins, and Lee and Shimi are members on Mythweavers, one of the largest play-by-post gaming websites in existence, and we're here to help you bring your game to the next level. Or babble for the next hour and a half, take your pick. If you're not familiar with Mythweavers, you can find it at myth-weavers.com. As always, we are joined by the impeccable text chat, which members of Mythweavers are using right now to ask questions and contribute to the discussion. If you too would like to be part of the text chat, feel free to join us on the Mythweavers Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash weavingmyths. This week we'll be talking about using established worlds versus homebrewed worlds in your game. Also be sure to stick around until after the game of the episode for some very exciting announcements for an upcoming contest. So, diving into things... Established settings versus homebrew settings. Let's lead off with the established settings. Chimi, what would you say are some of the pros for an established setting and why?
1: Uh, some of the pros for established settings, like my personal favorite established setting, Eberron, uh, include things like abundant reference materials. You know, uh, there's a lot of detail that's gone into the setting. If you are wondering about a particular area of the world, odds are that it's been either given a book itself or it's covered somewhere in some book uh, or specifically left for your imagination, of course. Um, So that means that when you're playing, you know, if your players decide they want to go somewhere, there's no need to make up new things about that place, or at least not too many of them, besides what we have to make up in every kind of role playing game. You know, if if they want to go to the country that's to the west of wherever they are, there's rules for it. You don't need to make up a country and what it's like politically. Uh, so easy reference for the GM there. Uh, and then, of course, uh, if everyone has access to these world details, uh, you can just jump in and play. Uh, you know, if someone comes to me and says, hey, I want to start a Eberron game, uh, I can say, OK, I already know it. I have the materials to reference what I want. Let's start going.
0: And I'd say at the same time, that actually kind of brings up a con, which is if people don't know the setting, they either can't take part or they're going to have to go out and buy the setting book. And especially with some of the bigger systems, I would say you're looking at, you can look at anywhere from $30 to $60 for a setting.
1: Yeah, I can't even imagine what I would have to pay to replace my, my built-up Everon <laughs> books from years and years ago. Lee, thoughts?
2: Uh, well, that kind of dovetails into my problems with Shadowrun lately, is every time they release a new edition, what did they change this time? Because they constantly change the timeline with every edition. I don't even know how it works anymore. <laughs>
0: That is something... Well, I mean, you can have timeline changes that are great. You can have timeline changes that are terrible. That's, in my opinion, the transition when D&D went from 3.5 to 4th edition with Forgotten Realms. They nuked the island of Lantan. Which I love that little bit of steampunk worked into the Forgotten Realms setting. I'm sure it was something they just someone slipped it in and they just didn't really notice until then but it made me sad when they got rid of it lee is looking at things i see the reflection in her glasses
2: <laughs> i can't help it i need to click 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 uh yeah and then when they do change it you kind of have to change it if i mean especially when you're starting a new game because everybody has the new material uh you can go back to the old stuff it's still there but you know, if somebody has a fourth edition and somebody else has three and a half edition or a third edition or a second edition, then you have the setting materials from those. You have to reconcile what does this person have versus what does this person have? Uh, how, you know, do I need to go about and buy a new book? Same problem before, but still.
0: Well, and then- if
2: Somebody operating from a different uh, understanding of it and you don't even realize it, you know, do elves do this in one edition and that in one edition? And then somebody is wor- working along with the elves from one and not realizing that we're using the elves from the other.
0: <laughs> this Minor exists. Details. This doesn't exist. These nations are or aren't at war now. Yep. And then, I mean, you can if everyone wants to continue using a previous timeline setting or previous time in. Something, I think you guys get what I mean. (laughs) Yes.
2: But everybody has to agree upon, it was before this uh, world shattering event happened, after this world shattering event happened, that kind of thing. So that's just an extra thing that everybody has to know and agree about.
0: I mean, you've got that, and then you've got, because a lot of the systems, you're getting those timeline jumps when you're getting the timeline jumps when a new edition comes out. And I mean, when a new edition comes out, okay, you might want to use the old setting, but now you've got to update any setting rules to use the new edition. And depending on changes, I mean, there's usually not a lot of setting-specific rules, but I know Forgotten Realms has some. Chimi, does Eberron have any? Yeah,
1: Eberron had some some interesting things. Um, like when it went from 3.5 to fourth edition, they had to in some people's opinions include, in my opinion, shoehorn in a into the world. Um, so, you know, they had to make even even though technically the timeline didn't advance, it was still the same year. Uh, suddenly there were all these weird fake high elves that had been running around all along that we had never heard about. Uh, Obviously,
2: they were there all the time. All they were there along.
1: all along uh and then there were things like uh you know the we we got used to the warforge the the living constructs that had their own inbuilt armor uh and they had to change the rules for those a lot to go into fourth edition in ways that a lot you know didn't really make a lot of sense for the fluff that people had built up in 3.5 so there were some issues there yeah
2: but on the other hand going back to the pros um So I am old. I remember back when Gen Con was in Milwaukee and FASA came out with the death of Dunkelzon. And it was this big thing. It was an event that actually happened at Gen Con. It was super exciting to be part of that event because they had the election. So everybody voted (laughs) in the election. And then on the last day of con, they had the, the results, which were not what anybody expected. And just when you're part of that, when you're there while it's happening, that's actually really exciting and really cool. And everybody wants to work with it. So there's that too.
0: I mean, I'm still caught on the back at the beginning of Gen Con. <laughs> little little <laughs> well, focus on that part. Way to date yourself, Lee.
2: Well, this was back when it was in <laughs> Milwaukee. So it wasn't the beginning. Yeah. It wasn't in Lake Geneva anymore.
0: Yeah, there is that. And they just had... God, the 50th anniversary was a couple years ago.
2: It was a couple years ago. Yeah, this was
0: 52. It's been a little bit. A little bit. Okay, where were we now that we've tangented? I'm going to pretend I'm an adult at least and semi-drag us back on topic. Maybe. But
1: is that really what the people want?
0: (laughs) Jimmy, Jimmy, you're part of the uh, podcast this time. You're not in the text chat. You can't be the divisive one.
1: Oh, I can. I can. You brought me in, and you can't kick me out.
0: Oh, that's it. Next time I'm getting Zan, how much worse could it be? No! All right, so, established settings. We did, all right, to be fair, we kind of harped on cons a good amount there. But it really is, I mean, I think the greatest thing is just you've got this wealth of important NPCs on which you can draw and personally for me i'm i'm terrible at the on the spot name thing so it's less of an issue and play by post but i'll get into you know especially at the table games oh you know this wizard never goes what's their name oh shit uh tim <laughs> <laughs> and tim the enchanter <laughs> which Just a tangent. For anyone that didn't know, Tim the Enchanter, that line from Monty Python and the Holy Grail was an ad-lib because John Cleese forgot his line.
2: He forgot the big, long name that he was supposed to say. John Cleese
0: pulled a Game Master move and just said the first name that popped into his mind. Except uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail was a lot more forgiving of that than players at a game are.
2: Right. I can actually uh, relate this to what I do, which is writing. I don't know. if People don't know that I am a writer. (laughs) Um, uh, Established settings is kind of like you're working with fanfic. And the really awesome thing about fanfic is that if you don't have a lot of experience with world building, you don't need any. You need 0% experience with world building. All you do is just take what's there. And that's what's great about fanfic as a way to uh, get experience writing, but it's also great um, as a way to get experience gaming, especially if you're a new GM and you really have no idea what you're doing. Having to come up with all the world building details is just an extra thing on top of that. I mean, you have to learn the rules. You have to figure out how to help these other new people. You have to, you know, come up with the bad guy and the plot and all of this other stuff and then throw on top of that. Oh, and what's everything else? Why don't you just fill an entire world? But yeah. Uh, so it's really good, especially for uh, people with less experience.
0: That is true. And especially most of my experience with pre-built syst- or pre-built settings is forgotten realms. So at least what always helped me there is they kind of mix in the sociopolitical bit between some of the countries. So I don't I don't have to worry about why does this country hate that country? Because they've already filled in that detail for me. Whereas, you know, coming up with that, I'm not good at socio-political. There's
2: intrigue. a war. <laughs> why? I don't know. <laughs> uh,
0: they hate each other and they've been fighting for years and the end. Go do something.
2: Stop asking some me questions. There is some dispute. I don't know. Stop
0: asking the- questions. Rocks fall. Everyone dies.
1: One king punched another king, and it all snowballed from there <laughs> don't ask Don't ask questions.:
2: It all started with somebody using the wrong spoon.:
0: I feel like that actually could be a compelling story bit:
2: Well yes, it, it could be, but it it's a story. That's the problem. <laughs>
0: you can't just Soon say: One and... person
2: used the wrong spoon, and now they're at war. You kind of have to fill in a few extra details.
0: Coming soon in Lee's next novel, Why the Elves Went to War.
2: (laughs) And it was because the humans don't know how to use spoons properly.
0: Etiquette. Etiquette's everything. It really is. Using the wrong spoon. Egregious insult.
2: Absolutely. (laughs) You set down your knife and fork the wrong way? That's a big
0: insult, too. And you want to talk about almost technical hiccups. I almost clicked leave call by accident. Awesome. <laughs> Never would have heard the end of that one. Jamie, stop changing your avatar. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> All right. So one of the big things to kind of look at, too, kind of, you know, kind of a middle spot. Lee, you were talking about fanfic and how mm-hmm. established settings are a little bit like doing that. What about when you do a partial homebrew? You modify an established setting to kind of incorporate some twists that aren't there, they aren't present, which I think really a lot of folks, a lot of Game Masters start that way as opposed to just going full homebrew.
2: Yes, in the publishing business, we call that filing off the serial numbers. (laughs) um it's like the next step after using an established setting when you're not when you have some experience under your belt uh you can start messing around with things that just kind of don't appeal to you like these gods are stupid i want to use my own you know why is there not a country here there should be a country here what i'll just put something in and that that's kind of how a lot of people start. I think. I mean, when I started going to homebrew settings for my stuff, that was pretty much where I began. Is I'll take this thing that already exists, and then I'll add this other thing, change some of this stuff, turn the dial to eleven, you know, things like that.
0: Yep. This nation fights this nation now. This blue. off. somebody
2: used the wrong spoon.
0: <laughs> well, and then you can. I have seen. I have seen it done where you've got an established setting your players ran an adventure and okay maybe you're starting a new game and you can incorporate what those players did your previous party did and kind of insert some of that stuff into the next group's adventure
2: sure like using so you start with the setting and then you get experience and then you use what happened in the adventure the aftermath is kind of a jumping off point to turn the setting a little bit more yours mine (laughs)
0: so uh you're kind of pulling the quiet colin move what are your thoughts i i mean in i i don't have a whole lot to say about
1: fanfic but in every uh if you're using an established setting you're still making things up on the fly that's just a part of dming Um, unless you're running something very strictly from like a a pre-made adventure path or something You're still, you know, making up enemies. You're still making up uh, the name of the inn that they're going to Mm -hmm. little people that they're interacting with. So, you know, every single established setting piece is a little bit of the homebrew, too. Um, So,
2: but you're not throwing in a mountain range in
0: the middle of things where it it really doesn't. belong. That's true. That's very true. You must cross this mountain path. We're in a desert. Oh, there's mountains there now. But there's mountains now! (laughs) Yeah. A wizard did it.
2: Obviously. (laughs) It's always just magic. That's the
0: answer. That only works in the fantasy settings. A
1: space wizard did it.
2: (laughs) There's a very fine line between fantasy and science fiction.
0: An ancient precursor race Mm. did it. Yeah. Ah, there we it go. It was the aliens. Right. The aliens did it.
2: Not saying it was aliens, but it was definitely aliens.
0: <laughs> oh, I've seen that used in fantasy settings. It's some weird energy wand. Oh, a lightsaber? No. Oh.
2: <laughs> no, it's a wand, I swear.
0: Makes me think of a magic the magic weapon. Makes me think of the Gamers movies. You have a shotgun? It was in the bag. Anyone that hasn't seen the three movies, The Gamers, it's ultimate nerddom indie film. Highly recommend it. All right, so. Plus two. Huh?
2: Plus two. The first one is Plus
0: exceptionally two. strong with the nerddom as well. All right, so kind of quasi homebrew covered let's talk about homebrew settings what would y'all say some of the big pros are to homebrew
2: you can do anything
0: (laughs) anything
2: (laughs) all the things
0: (laughs) which arguably is also one of the biggest cons i'd say
2: (laughs) yes it is definitely the worst thing about it too (laughs) best and worst at the same time
0: so i'd say probably the hardest bit about homebrew especially if you want to get started in a game quickly is you don't have a cohesive anything
2: no nothing nothing (laughs) is
0: ever cohesive at all you're gonna have like one country mostly fleshed out hopefully you might, might just
2: have a town. Maybe all you know about is the ta- the tavern where everybody
0: meets. Yep. They yep. step
2: out the door, and you got to start making stuff up. You
0: That's, might have uh... some kingdom names, and then you wind up. I have with... played
2: this game, by the way.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's 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 considered uh, one of the ways to generate a world is to play what's called an inside out game. Mm-hmm. Where you start in the tavern, and as you go, you just put more interesting stuff in the way
0: and build it out.
2: That's what all those random generators are for.
0: Mm -hmm. I would argue, if you're doing inside-out generation, though, you are in sandbox territory. Because your players are going to ignore your plot hooks, because every party ignores the plot hooks. Well, yes, and but, you're you pretty know. much stuck at railroad them or start making up stuff on the spot and hope you can keep it together. Inside out can be rough
2: I would argue that if you are really on the ball and have some basic ideas, maybe not as thing is as fleshed out i I don't think you have to go into a sandbox, but it's quite likely it's extremely likely at least that you'll end up there for a little bit while you figure things out
0: and Tiffany Corda points out, you know. Same thing, you know, play to find out and all that. So there's another advocate for the inside out. I'd argue right. There's
2: nothing that. wrong with it. It's it can work perfectly well, and it can be a really great way to get players into their characters.
0: Depending um, because, on your players.
2: Yeah, depend. Well, yeah, some players. Because you not, can but, be uh... on
0: the ball as all get out, and then you grab Chimi, Fate, and a few others, and you are screwed. <laughs> Notice how quiet Chimi is at that.
1: You know, you really really say that a lot for someone that's running this
0: game. I'm just saying. Do you want
1: me to take over? I can take
0: over. (laughs) Oh, no, no. This is my train wreck to run. The Mythweavers potluck game is my train wreck. You can't have it. I claim that disaster. There's
2: only one engineer here.
0: No, actually, Sarek is in the game, so that's an engineer. Eric is helping adjust the uh, middle school There's only one setting. engineer here. Oh, okay, fair. And King Nate mentioning Inside Out being a favorite way to play and mentioning filing the serials off. So you've done, Lee, you're giving people new terms.
2: It's a legit term that we use.
0: <laughs> I No, I, I believe you. <laughs> <clears throat> so yes pro so, ultimate flexibility con players are unpredictable
2: the reverse con uh i don't want to say it that way but the reverse bad <laughs> thing about homebrew settings <laughs> is that you can get really wrapped up in world building
0: oh my god so, yes again you can.
2: coming from a writing perspective i know and have talked to people who have been working on their setting For years and years and years, and they just never stop. There's always something else to think about. There's always something else to worry about. Whether you go from top down, bottom up, inside out, middle out, they just keep working on it forever. It's never done.
0: And have they actually played in that world at all?
2: I'm talking about actually writing books, but, uh, and no, they haven't written any of the books either. They just keep building the world because it's, it's fun. I mean, it is incredibly fun to world build, but at a certain point you have to stop and say, am I ever going to use this for anything, either a game, a book, whatever, you know? And so you can just keep going and going and going forever and just never use it for anything.
0: Well, and Hell, that's happened on Mythweavers in the Discord server. And we're still, I think it tapered off a little bit because I distracted Ironblaze with other things.
2: <laughs> well, distraction works.
0: Oh, uh, he is one of our Mythweavers Navy types. If you don't know the acronym, uh, ask to join. You'll find out what it means. Don't ask to join. <laughs> <laughs> Lee knows. Jimmy knows, too.
2: And here we are, yes. And here we, we are.
0: But the, anyway, semi-going back on topic. There have been a few, and they're still ongoing, because let's face it, Weaver's memories are eternal. You know, it'll be a year from now, and I guarantee we'll go back and start world-building one of those settings again, but you'll wind up with collaborative Myth Weaver settings. And it just goes and goes and goes and might hit the point of being ready to start a game, but then someone else has another idea, and everyone jumps in and let's keep expanding, expanding. And then, then you get the uh, engineers that are members in, and everything goes to hell. You
1: and your physics. You should see what happens with some of the world building on the certain special secret server. Which that a lot of that a lot of the Fate people like to hang out on. The one that oh. me and she and Ruben run.
0: Oh, the um, one I avoid like the plague because I don't have time to learn another system.
1: Yeah, that one. But Fate is a very easy game for you to go, oh, I have an idea for a world or a game or something like that. And we don't need to worry about the rules because the Fate Spiral will handle it. So let's just <laughs> world build for a
0: month and then the game never happens.
2: It's kind of designed to work that way. I mean, not for a
0: moment. But... I don't know. The worst I've seen still, you get, you're doing collaborative world building. If you get Sarah Hawk, myself, Iron's pretty bad. You get us involved and it's going to start getting out of control. If you want it to go completely off the rails, you get Absent Wizard involved. And it's going to be awesome. You're also going to have a migraine by the end
2: if if there ever is an end
0: the last time i got absent involved in a hey let's tweak this rule set it turned into hey let's write a system and that hasn't ended that's that's still going
1: that's that's why you have fate
0: <laughs> i'm not learning it yet jimmy you can't you can't do this do to you want
1: me. do you do you want i mean we got what we got another hour i could teach you yeah. fate no
0: <laughs> i refuse <laughs> and King Nate mentions that, you know, the world build and world build and fate spirals, what happened when he played fate.
2: I I think it's happened to everybody at least
0: once. I'm sure it happened
2: to Fred Hicks.
0: I've heard of that happening in fate. What is it? Is it shadow run where you can die during character creation? Is it that system? Well,
2: you know, Um, it kind of depends on how you look at it.
0: So it's yeah, Shadow. traveler, traveler. Oh, not traveler.
1: Tra- yep.
2: I mean, technically, you can theoretically become an NPC during character creation in Shadowrun, <laughs> but only if you're not doing the math
0: right. See, traveler is what I almost got into, and then I found stars without number and brought that madness to Mythweaver's spotlight because I keep mentioning it here. You, you poor <laughs> folks. Yep, and everyone else, Lee also jumped in, going, "Nope, that's traveler." oh and i just missed yeah king nate said he was in the navy so yeah he he knows what navy stands for as an acronym too don't tell anyone all right dragging us back um, you talked about
2: collaborative world building and back to individual world building you can also get hung up on parts that you don't enjoy doing
0: oh god yes
2: so Maybe you really like to make maps and fill in the maps, and then you have all these beautiful countries and coastlines and mountains and all of this wonderful stuff, and then how does the magic system work? Who has magic? Who are the rulers? I don't know, and I don't care. I don't want to know. I hate that part. Why do you make me do politics? It's evil. This is why I only write epic fantasy with a co-author.
0: Anytime I get into something involving politics, I just wish I had someone like David Weber on speed dial. (laughs) This is politics. I don't want to do it. You do it. Yeah. I mean, that's
2: fair. Yeah. That's what I do. I say, (laughs) I don't want to do this part. You do it. And then they do it, (laughs) and it makes me happy.
0: Which works great unless you're doing solo homebrew, and then you're kind of stuck.
2: Right. Right. And that that is a big problem, because if you just are not if you don't understand it, if you don't like it, if you have no idea how to do it, then those parts are not gonna work right for
0: you. And I will so just to slide in a thought because I've seen I know there's a lot of roll tables you can find all over the everywhere. Because the internets are a big place. But Stars Without Number, even the free version, has a lot of roll tables for nation political setups organizations and i mean it's you know role okay this is a democratic republic this is a oligarchy whatever and then there's rule tables below that to kind of flesh out how it operates so i I know there's uh,
2: dmgs have those too
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I know there's other roll tables that do similar. My experience is stars without number, and I have seen those adapted for D&D, Pathfinder, whatever, because it's a good, useful set of roll tables that aren't setting or they aren't rules specific. It's your fluff. It's your this is a shipping company that works with the criminal underground because blah, blah, blah. Here's your three plot hooks to throw in for this organization. Have fun. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. And I know some of the older DMGs <laughs> have stuff like that, but they don't get terribly in depth in that way. Right. Although they kind of do. Cause like there will be the table where this is what um, alignment the government is. And this is a major player outside of the government and that's what alignment they are. And it's kind of, it's, I don't know. It's helpful if you're blanking, but it's a little silly.
0: I mean, that is, I think that is one of the big homebrew things, is at some point you're going to have a my name is Tim the Enchanter moment. Well, sure. It's, your players are going to blindside inevitable. you because they're players. I, yeah, it's it's going to happen. It's unavoidable. But it'll be you fine. You try
2: not to, but eventually you just, I don't know, Tim. <laughs>
0: I've had that, I've had the make up some ship name, make up some planet name, and then all your players Everybody just...
2: always wants to know what things are named. Everybody.
0: What What's this named? Oh, what's this company's relationship with this company? How do you... planetary you're governments about A things. and B... I mean,
2: you just go to a tavern and suddenly okay, your players fair. want to know the name of the wench that you're talking to for five oh minutes. Oh my
0: god, yep. Unless you're the bard. Bards never care about names it's just I no. roll to seduce her. Bards.
2: That's true. Tim the Enchanter moments don't come up so much during play by post games because the GM does have plenty of time although I I I have to admit that I have had one of those moments during a play by post because it was rapid fire posting.
0: And I was going to say and in, oh go ahead.
2: They asked the name of the tavern wench. <laughs> and I went to read... I was wondering if that was
0: a real, real (laughs) incident.
2: I wanted to reach through my computer and punch them, and (laughs) I couldn't, and that made me sad.
0: And I'd say another caveat to the having time to come up with stuff during play-by-post, a lot of folks have started doing, well, I don't know how many several folks at the very least have started doing a discord server for their game just for the out of character bit because i know in my games and i think chimi you're doing it in yours right uh in so far as i had a game yeah okay chimi's one of my players in two games one game one game you're only in one so far So it's been useful to have the out-of-character discussion in a Discord server because a lot of folks that are using Discord tend to have it installed on their phone. So, you know, it's shortening that conversation loop, you know, being able to go, hey, you know, I was thinking of doing this, and if you're doing it on Discord, most of the group's going to see it within the next hour at the latest. When you're doing it on the forums, you're waiting, they might check the forums once a day unless they get some notice that something happened. So, using the out-of-character, I've been hit with Tim the Enchanter moments. Because I'll have all six players on Discord at the same time, and, hey, what's this person's name? Hey, what's that? Uh, that's the... Prancing Pony? And then they look at you like you're an idiot. (laughs) You can feel that look through the screen. (laughs)
2: Well, yeah, and and in the Ice Ages, before we used Discord for this, there was AIM Chat.
0: Oh, God. the same thing happened. It's, oh, I remember AOL Instant Messenger. That's how I used to talk with David, one of the other admins on Mythweavers. He still has the logs. Why would he not? You never get rid of logs.
2: Exactly, I never get rid of logs.
0: I mean, these are logs from 2007.
2: The only way I lose logs is if I change computers and they just don't get transferred.
1: Yeah, uh, my old computer has IRC logs from probably
0: like 2002.
1: Ugh, I
2: think I IRC. have some from pretty far back.
0: I will say the unofficial Mythweaver's IRC chat that ran for years after the shout box got killed because of resources the greatest thing about that IRC is I didn't have to be in charge of anything because it was unofficial
1: yeah that meant that Lee was in charge of it the rest of
2: us were in charge of it yeah that was super fun thanks
0: it was unofficial I didn't start it
2: I didn't start it either how did I I get sucked into
0: blame Jimmy you're you're responsible you're a no! responsible person although lee i do think was getting
2: screwed be- for being competent
0: i do think that's where you and i first started actually talking
2: that's possible
0: like it, it's one of those things and we found that with the Mythweavers discord you know you're aware especially when your staff that's been around way too damn long you know a lot of the regulars names but you probably haven't talked to them and then something happens like the discord and Oh, you're talking to all of them now. I'm getting to know everyone. It's just you know interesting. You don't expect a chemi to sound like a chemi.
2: I totally expected him to sound the way he sounded the first time I met him.
0: i I will say the most entertaining thing for me has been when we started the podcast, people messaging us going, "You know." Y'all don't sound like I expected you to sound. And then you throw the faces in with the video and people are going, you don't look like you should sound that way. Too bad. (laughs) I don't do the radio voice. Deal with it. Life sucks. And then you die. Mm. Or rocks fall and everyone dies, you know,
2: whatever. (laughs) It's all the same.
0: All right. Now that we've completely tangented with no adult supervision, because (laughs) Nathan couldn't be here um complete (laughs) i mean if amy was here we'd never get back on topic
2: never never happened
0: if amy was here we'd never get back on topic so homebrew settings where were we
2: i think we were about to talk about unscrupulous creators
0: no 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 no. we oh so tailoring the world oh yes
2: whatever We'll, we'll get thing. to
0: unscrupulous creators. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so I mean,
2: that's really just the other side of that coin, isn't it? But,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> yeah. So here, I'll take this one: tailored, okay. tailored world to the greater and relevant players and characters. Uh, you know, this is simple things like if you are, if if the GM and the players don't care about political intrigue. You don't need to make a world that has a lot of political intrigue involved, at least not in a way that actually impacts what the characters are doing. If you want to have a simple, you know, sort of fairy tale feudal world where the adventurers are just heroes that go out to slay a dragon, you can do that. You know, if you're playing in a more established world, the fact that the fact that in Eberron, you know, there is uh, traveling papers, you know, you need a passport to go into the next country. Uh, And you need to give a reason why you're going in there for, you know, for the most part, uh, sort of breaks the uh, uh, breaks the immersion. If you play the fairy tale adventure and you don't worry about that kind of things, it can definitely be done. You know, I could run a game where I say we're playing Eberron, but I'm not going to worry about the fiddly details like traveling papers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But still, that sort of breaks that a little bit. Don't need to worry about that with a completely homebrew world. It also means that things like, uh, you know, if someone wants to play a Warforged type character, they can be included in that world. If the GM really wants uh, there to be, you know, uh, elves as a major focus, then elves can be very involved with the world. You know, ancient wizards and stuff can all be elves, that sort of fun thing. Someone wants to play a gunslinger, guns are a thing. There
0: you go. Well said, Jimmy. Brief aside, because Lulumi put it in the Discord chat and not in the Twitch chat. Yes, her name is Tavern Wunch. Her first name is Tavern. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Oh, damn it, Lulumi. So, yes, being able to tailor the world to player expectations party expectations can be wonderful because you know you get to especially like chimi was saying if the goal is you know adventure explore to hell with the politics elves and humans fight because wrong spoon works for that kind of thing you don't have to go deep nine times out of ten you probably don't even have to explain why they're at war
2: right if nobody cares it doesn't matter yeah Um, if i can relate this back to writing again uh when i uh, world Whoa, build wow.
0: relating back to what she does for a profession never
2: i i actually uh when i world build i build from the plot out, um which is not common but is something that that people do which is to say that uh the world building serves the plot the plot doesn't exist within the world building so when i need something because i want to do it in the story it goes into the world which is basically this idea that we're talking about right you need a thing you put it in you don't need a thing who cares
0: if you're very unlucky you go i need to talk to someone with background in this and then you start asking people like eric and me and god that gets out of hand fast
2: i would never do that
0: (laughs) i have there's a book with a forward uh credits that i still can't believe you put in but yes (laughs) um I would say, though, so with Homebrew, one of the big issues, and we kind of touched on it, is you can get decision paralysis pretty bad, and it can be compounded by your players putting you on the spot because, oh, maybe suddenly they care about the politics.
2: Right. And... It's the same thing as running out of spoons. <laughs> I mean, you can be sitting there needing to make decisions and just be like, I don't know. I don't know. What do I do? Ah, roll a die. a gamer. But that's it.
0: Come on. I mean, a little bit... So you always run into homebrew, quasi-homebrew, established setting. It's, well, hell, one of the standard tabletop RPG tropes is here's all these hooks and the players find the one that's not listed. But that can be a little worse in homebrew because you don't even have anything to reference for that. They chose path 48 and you only had 47 paths ready. Suddenly you're coming up with... What kind of a monster
2: with... are you that you have 47 pads ready?
0: I run sandbox games. By this point, I just dangle a couple hooks and see what happens. <laughs> you're going that way? You're ignoring everyone? Alright, cool, let's go that way. <laughs> we got that. Rocks fall, everyone dies. Oh man, you run a system that's deadly? They're afraid to do anything half the time. then the times they do do something, they go all in, and you go, crap, I might actually party wipe them.
1: You said (laughs) (laughs) doo-doo.
2: But the decision paralysis can also come in in the planning stages when you reach a point that you have, so I can go this way or I can go this way. What happens if I go this way? And then you start going off that way. You hit something that uh, doesn't seem quite right. You start going off that way. You hit something that also you don't like. And then which one do you choose? Is there a third option? How do I come up with the third option? And that can lead you to just stall out.
0: Sometimes, because I've run into that with Splatbook expansions, and 3.5 edition of D&D had Heroes of Battle, was how to run your heroes in a war. You know, Treat them more like special forces, not regular line mm-hmm. infantry, yada yada yada, but it, it had a, in my opinion, it wasn't a bad way to kind of lay it out you know way the player what the players are doing might not win the battle but it'll have an impact on the battle but it was oh use flow charts and lay it out and that got out of hand with me really quick instant decision paralysis you know oh the battle could do this and the battle could do this and what happens then and then and then and then and and... about the point you wind up with eight routes that can happen off of one action you've gotten out of hand
2: a little bit you know just a smidge a touch and
0: and then when each of those has eight more i never ran anything with that splat book because it gets out of hand with me great idea i'm the wrong person to run it (laughs) (laughs) and then one of all right so one of the King Nate mentions if he ever plays a game with me, he'll need a protection from Rock's spell. Um, A good way to put it, one moment, let me pull this up. So, Fate tossed out a line that wound up becoming my new signature. Let's see, where was it? Because I made some comment about, you know, deadly system, blah 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 because in the rookie fifth ed game i'm running i accidentally almost party wiped on the first encounter not intentional just i'm used to deadly systems and it didn't feel unbalanced and then fate is koji i mean that one kind of went you know this encounter was probably a little too much and the ap is just a little unbalanced in parts so the way fate summarized it is you know i let the dice fall where they land he says as he wades through a path of dead characters (laughs) <laughs> uh, that pretty much I mean to be fair that does really kind of summarize my GMing style I don't fudge rolls um, if the players do something that my games are there's always something bigger that can squick you if you hit it that was your fault it, it happens anyway Chimi did you want to cover the biggest cond home proof homebrew for some players
1: i would be perfectly happy uh to cover it so we all have those gms uh those gms that just they really cross the line you know one of the good things about the homebrew is you're allowed to put in what you like and leave out what you dislike but some people push it too far and we're talking now about those unscrupulous creators who do just heinous things like removing gnomes from their homebrew world which i think that everyone can agree is just unacceptable and uh should be punished to the fullest
0: extent monstrous law. yeah absolute tragedy Jamie, do you happen to know of a setting where this has happened on weavers uh i have struck any such setting from my mind um Bond.
1: you know it, it, it shall never cross my lips
0: then again you know Homebrew gets to a certain point, especially if you use, say, the Myth Wiki, where you could argue it's more of an established setting. So then you—that's very true. Yeah. So then you can homebrew that setting and fix things like pond not having gnomes present because of Basil Bottle Top.
1: That's true. Someone could fix that (laughs) train wreck of a setting.
0: Uh, you know, the greatest part is Nathan doesn't edit these anymore. We outsourced the video editing. So he might not see this until after the editor finishes it.
2: He's a monster.
0: But yes, Nathan... Does has anyone never... have any effigies of what <laughs> you could
2: burn? Sorry, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> I'll do better next time, Jimmy.
0: <laughs> All right. So, unless anyone else has thoughts about... Established settings, quasi homebrew or homebrew. Lee, Jamie. No, let's rock and roll. Oh, anyone need a five minute break?
2: Homebrew or death,
0: <laughs> says the author, who's in the habit of homebrewing everything anyway.
2: Well, I have to. I, I can't. You can't publish fanfic; it's illegal. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Well, I mean, you
2: can't make money off of it. You can publish it all you want,
0: but you know. All right. So this is the point. We usually insert a five minute break. It might not be five minutes. I personally, though, need to get a new beer. So and that's really important. Yes, that's that's critical. But that's fast. See, Amy, who is not in the podcast for some reason, but is free to talk in the Twitch chat while watching wait and see what she says. <laughs> yes, Amy, Amy pointed out I need... Oh, family reunions. Fair. Here. Y'all keep Barry talking. Colin I'll keep the headset on. Okay, right, this
2: is the part where I show off the fact that I'm wearing my Gen Con Oh, yep,
0: yep. Yeah, because the camera couldn't cover Colin. it. <laughs> I'll still talk to you. I'll just be disappointed in you. <laughs> uh, and the reason why
2: is because I go to Gen Con every work at gen con every year
0: one of these years i will make it at some point
2: yeah uh, sure i'll believe it when i see it
0: you know there was i a see real... basil
2: every year and by the way you he lives
0: there what else is <laughs> well, there to yeah. do in indiana
2: be sad that you live in indiana
0: yep Exactly. That's what
2: else there is to do in India. Also, you could dodge when they close all the freeways. They closed the freeways here, which was very annoying.
0: Oh, no, that happens in Michigan, too. Do it's... they do it on
2: Gen Con weekend when there's 60,000 people in from
0: out of town? Oh, they do it whenever the hell they want. <laughs> you ever have one of those moments you grab something and then you spend time cutting up the... uh Rings that came on the six pack of cans because you know it's the responsible thing to do, and you forget where you put the can. Definitely, just had I to look around. Never for
2: a, had that happen. Definitely like had to
0: look for a good minute because I was busy cutting never, up the plastic rings.
2: Ever had that happen? I do not go to Origins. It is too far away for me. Gen Con isn't, but Origins. <laughs> I live in the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> we drive um, to Indianapolis. It's a long trip.
0: All I have to say, King Nate, about you living in Ohio is I'm sorry.
2: I think Indiana is much worse personally.
0: Ah, uh, but you see, the Toledo War was a thing, and there was no almost war with Indiana and Michigan. <clears throat> But the Toledo War almost was a shooting war between two states. Well, territory and state. It's fine. We got the Upper Peninsula, they got Toledo, and at the time they thought they won. Amy? No, not Ohio State forever. Um, Don't make me un- Wait, no, I can't threaten to unmod you. You'd like that. That's freedom from responsibility. Alright, anyway, so... I'm back. Uh there's not a twenty minutes of Chimi teaching Cloyne about fate for twenty minutes. But it says it in the notes. It says it in the in the thing. Yeah, I bet it does. It's in there. So before we get to some announcements, we are going to cover the highlighted game of the week. And because well it's me running it, not Nathan, y'all don't get to see it, but I will or someone will. Chimi, Maybe? Drop the link to the game in the text chat. The highlighted game of the episode is The Natural Ones, being run by King Nate, and it closes September, Friday the 13th. So, The Natural Ones is an index card RPG game, GM by King Nate. The natural ones will involve the players taking on the roles of heroes and playing through various published adventures that have been converted over to the Index Card RPG system. The Index Card RPG system is a minimalist D20 system with full copies available for purchase from DriveThroughRPG.com, or there's also a free quick start option of the rules also available on DriveThroughRPG. And Amy has kindly dropped the link in the chat. Amy, you're supposed to be at a family reunion. Why are you hanging around in our text chat?
2: Amy's picking up Chimmy's Slack.
0: Uh, That's true. Chimmy has been a... pulling a Colin.
1: Okay. I am not allowed to post links in the Twitch chat because I'm not a Twitch mod. And in the... That's not my fault text thing that the myth Weavers channel on the discord server i'm not allowed to post text so i posted it in general oh i'm well, sorry next time i'll interrupt you while you're in the middle of your spiel to tell <laughs> you that i can't do the thing you wanted me to do
0: well amy's already disappointed that you didn't interrupt me right before the intro right before clicking record yeah i one moment of professionalism and i regret it immensely I also don't do a countdown for a reason, because I'm usually screwing with Nathan. So, anyway. I, think I would idea. like to
1: interject about the index card RPG, is it is a great system uh, that allows you to play weird and wacky characters, for example. Uh, that is the game where I am playing Chester, the Mimic Wizard. Well, <laughs> that's the that game note- system. <laughs> Don't just don't don't just walk over me. It's important stuff. I'm playing a I'm playing a treasure chest that is a wizard. Okay, I'm very happy about it.
2: That's actually really cool, Jamie.
1: Now you're being patronizing.
2: I am not.
1: <laughs> uh, I can see you on video. That is your patronizing face.
2: That is not my patronizing face. My patronizing face is more like that.
0: All That's
1: right.
0: Anyway. <laughs> you're always patronizing before we head into the don't have for all, a
2: biscuit to me
0: there are some exciting announcements to make first we mentioned in the last episode we are hard at work preparing another contest for myth weavers hope your creative juices are ready because we will be holding a map making contest there will be two separate categories this means there will be two separate groups of prizes One category will be regional maps, so doing a topographical map with locations, all that, that is not a political only map. We want terrain involved. The other will be battle map creation. Full details for the rules and judging criteria are still pending, but will be released soon, right before the contest. Another thanks to our patrons who helps Whose support helps us offer a lot of the prizes, keeps us from borrowing from the money that kind of keeps the site running on the server. I hear if we stop giving money, they just take the server offline, and then we're all sad. So and
2: everybody gets onto the the Twitter account and. And then about everyone,
0: it. oh no no, now everyone gets on the Discord because well, the yeah. Twitter says to go to the Discord. To be fair, that's yes, how we've so all get on the Twitter
2: account and complain about it there
0: site down it, like site being down has been how we've gotten several regular members on the Discord. So, you know, there's pros, cons.
1: So, what you're saying is the uh, admin intentionally takes the site down in order to drive (laughs) Discord?
0: I mean, last last major outage did give us fate. So... Gross. (laughs) Anyways... (laughs) It has been mentioned before, but the Weaving Myths Patreon has had an overhaul of some of the tier rewards. So if you are a patron, you should check out the changes to the awards. Uh, You should also, if you have not gotten a copy of Nathan's book, still harass him via Discord, private message on the site, whatever, until he remembers to mail that to you. And it is worth mentioning the Weaving Myths podcast has, my God been going on for over two years now which is amazing how far it's come especially considering the first episode was nathan going hey we're going to talk with the community in an hour before going hey now we're doing a podcast so it has come far it's been wonderful if you have any suggestions for how to celebrate the podcast something that involves the community that sort of thing or if you have suggestions for topics that we haven't discussed or previous topics that you'd like to see covered more in depth, you can let us know using the suggestion box on our Twitch page through Patreon if you're a patron, or via the Weaving Myths thread in the site announcements forum. And one final, not so much announcement, but update, the Better Haves episode of Weaving Myths goal was met so we are still working on organizing a period where all the regular podcast members' spouses are on podcast instead and bad-mouthing all of us so details are still forthcoming but we are working on it still now that that's out of the way and i almost feel some sympathy for nathan oh almost no sympathy (laughs) zero percent tiny bit of sympathy no a bit we are going to move into the free-for-all so the free-for-all is a segment of the show in which we open the floor for questions and answers and also if someone is not asking a question it's going to leave lee chimi and myself talking amongst each other about anything that comes to mind so please ask questions as always, it's going to be completely unstructured, but it gives us the freedom to talk about things, answer questions as they come in. Before we get started with member questions from the Twitch chat, the mandatory question: What's making us happy this week?
1: Chimi. Uh, that's not the order that we
0: have. Oh, we're Fine, gonna whatever. go in order. I. <laughs> i see i see
1: no 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 no. i thought we were a professional production but we can do this on the fly uh you're involved in a professional i'm i I am (laughs) you got me there buddy uh so the main thing that is occupying my happy thoughts is uh i have a paid month's vacation coming up in october where, depending on a couple of things, I might get to go up and see a buddy of mine, uh, Tickle Me Cujo, um, maybe a couple of other things, depending on how lazy I feel. Um, and uh, also New Destiny comes out about that time, because I'm a nerd and I play video games.
0: little trip up can- to Canada,
1: huh? Very possibly. Uh, I need to get some stuff sorted out before I can go, but yeah. Nice. Lee.
2: Uh, well, last week I just finished a manuscript that I've been working on for five years. I'm very pleased that it is no longer my problem. Somebody else has to revise it. Also, uh, <laughs> am finally getting another one uh, to be finished by next week. And I have noted that I've released six books already this year, 2019, probably three more before the end of the year, one of which, is part of a box set uh-huh. which is called rogue skies it's got Look a fancy at you
0: all prepared with cover art.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um it's a box set that i have a book it's a book zero for my space opera portal fantasy ya series my book in it is defiant ah. and it's all about people who get sucked through warm so that's pretty awesome that releases is available for pre-order you can find information on my website
0: releases when you broke up a Little. Uh, bit
2: September later. 17th
0: okay cool I didn't know we were allowed to plug things can I plug something no you already said what's making you happy
1: <laughs> All right, fine. <laughs> I don't have anything to plug anyway so whatever
0: you can always toss it out in the free-for-all in a moment so what's making me happy is i have a job again it's been a month and a half since i got laid off so i found gainful employment
2: yay
0: so upside i'm engineering again debatable upside downside depends on who's rating which one it is it's a small company i am the only mechanical engineer so i'm making the standards which a lot of people have said horrifies them, which might be fair.
2: So like you're doing the homebrew setting there.
0: Oh, I'm completely doing the homebrew. This is how we do dowel holes. This is how we do threaded holes. And this is how drawing. Yes, that's me. Nice. Yes. It's, it's the engineering equivalent of going hardcore geopolitical writing a setting. That's, Except I love doing that. So it's great for me and it sucks for anyone else that gets hired after me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay then.
0: So, that yes, yes, King Nate. Slip fit and press fit and interference fit. I shall define them all. So, that said, we've said what's making us happy. We are into the free for all. So text chat from Twitch. Feel free to throw questions, comments, concerns, all of the concerns. Well, Chimi tells us what he was going to plug. I already told you I ain't got nothing to plug. I was so hopeful that you. I mean, make I can plug something. stuff
2: all day. I, I've got like two That's dozen. That's your books.
1: job. <laughs> I mean, I can put out my Venmo handle so y'all can send me money, just direct.
0: Yeah, we don't need to do that.
2: Uh, Amy says, what work am I most proud of writing? I'm actually most proud of book one, a series that that uh, book in the box set is from. Um, it, the main character is really messed up in the head as to agree because he's read it. Um, I, The idea came from... I accidentally stumbled across an Indiegogo doing girl positive and body positive music uh uh, one of the songs she has my body and the uh the part that hit me the hardest was uh one of the lines is i want to love my body which is just i don't know if guys have this problem but women that's like a revolutionary idea that you would actually love the body that you're in um, and I got to talking with her because that's a weird thing that happens to me sometimes with people that I encounter randomly. And it turned out that she was bulimic. And we talked about that because I did not have an eating disorder, but everybody, everybody that I knew had some kind of. It. <laughs> and um, so I started writing a story about it with her input and porcelain is the book that eventually came out of that. And that's why I'm really proud of it because it's about the subjects that uh, it's about these subjects of body issue self-esteem, uh, eating disorders, and I think it's about them in a, a grown up way even though it's young adult so that's what I'm most proud of
0: I mean I, I remember when I was in good shape and now I've got the beer belly I can somewhat relate I'm not sure I'm not, I'm not too thrilled with the beer belly.
2: A lot of girls have these problems starting around age 10. Yeah. And I, I think boys, it's not quite the same. No, it, it's it,
0: definitely not.
2: If you're going to get it, it comes on later. I know that boys also have an Anorex very yep. serious issues, but they're much, much fewer boys have those.
0: All right. Text chat, come up with something, or God help us. I'm going to tell Chimi to come up with the topic. I'll do it. Oh, I know you'll do it. That's why I'm saying God help us. I'll have you do it if they don't ask something. Amy, Tiffany, King Nate, others. Uh, Landed asks, when am I going to make 8mm Mauser bullets? Um, Kraken is never going to make those. You can ask all you want. I'm still not doing it. I can't sell those for the prices we charge. (laughs) Come on, uh
1: back. Amy asks what is everyone's favorite character flaw?
2: I am an enormous fan of idiots. Of what? Noble you, idiots. Noble people idiots. who are incredibly noble but their character flaw is <laughs> they're stupid. They charge into <laughs> danger without thinking very hard. <laughs> that is my favorite kind of character.
0: Um that's Not
2: paladins cuz that's something different no, no. but the noble idiot
0: That is kind of what fate is playing in the stars without number game. I'm running always trying to be noble, but God, she's stupid. And fate plays that character beautifully to the point that I've actually had to roll dice to go. Would your character actually try that? That's
2: actually the the entire basis of my young adult spirit night series, which is fantasy. Yes, I'm going (laughs) to do that.
1: Plug, um, plug, uh, the more spirit plugs. knights
2: are all noble idiots that is what they are every last one of them is punch first ask questions maybe
0: on let's see from the text chat we've got landed's favorite character flaw is unlucky i could see that being really fun for the game master getting creative with unlucky and Amy mentioned she made a character who wanted to be a sailor but would get horribly seasick. Fair. Oh, <laughs> Landon clarifies, unlucky that I won't make the bullets, but he could see it working for a character too. You'll survive.
1: I like characters that I I, I think a good flaw uh, a a flaw that makes a character interesting to read is one that goes that 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 they uh that they try for something so hard that they don't realize that they're losing all the other things in pursuit of that objective. I think that's that leads to fun books. I could see okay, that.
2: Okay, so it kind of ends justifying the means a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. I love I like that in a villain.
1: But also also a little bit not just the ends not intentionally like rationalizing the ends justify the means but more um not even realizing the the collateral damage while they're trying for whatever they're going for.
0: I actually made a character like that in Nathan's Intro to Pond or Welcome to Pond game the setting where he removed gnomes from the world. That one. But I made an inquisitor and it was a there was a lot of the true believer type element from the the agent from the serenity movie just kind of that mm-hmm. that entire you know re- the character realizes they're probably a monster but they're striving for this perfect world and it's like to them it's like they don't rationalize you know the ends justify the means because they know the ends justify the means and you know that's how those means are how you get the perfect world also i think i disturbed nathan with that character so it points to me Yes. <laughs> it's fun when you let your demons write your character background. Um, I'm not familiar with Code Geass. Is that how you say it? And I also have avoided le mis like the plague.
2: I agree that uh, that is an apt description for Jever.
0: Yeah, I know. I know bits about lame but i've actually never
2: i know the entire thing weird
0: <laughs> hi i was a choir nerd in high school uh-huh <laughs> so much is explained now <laughs> all right favorite musical lion king
2: you know you start getting into favorite things and i, I don't know how common this is but i don't actually have favorite very many things i have lots of collections of things that i like but not this specific one is my perfect favorite everything and i love it today um i i have not seen a musical that i didn't like yeah, just... a musical on the stage
1: mm-hmm.
2: and i've seen a lot of them and i i really just love that whole thing
1: i'm the same way the when people ask me favorites i i don't i don't do favorites because it changes it changes based on the day and and things like that um but uh i like on my spotify i have hamilton bookmarked and i uh listen to uh dr horrible sing-along blog Mm, the classics
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I challenge anyone to argue that not being a classic when you have Nathan Fillion, Neil Patrick Harris, and uh damn it, I'm drawing a blank on her name. Alicia Day. Thank you. I had it and then I forgot it as I said you know, started talking about it. You put those three together, tell me it's not a classic. That's fair. And King Nate asks, What is your favorite? Oh no, that's Amy, Nate. Distracted me. Bad name. Preferred musical genre. Jazz, rock, pirate death metal, etc.
2: I like 80s hair metal.
0: I don't have... I kind of bounce musical genres depending on mood. But I can say so my preferred genres, because for me, I use music to kind of adjust my workflow. So I tend to bounce a lot between... Rap and power metal are my two primaries. Same power Amy, metal don't
1: is- you know that there's no such thing as genres anymore? I know, <laughs>
2: right? I actually also listen to country and rock, all kinds of other crap. But, you know.
0: Yep. Yep. I listen
1: to modern, rap-influenced, rock-influenced, pop-influenced everything. Whenever I want to listen to something new, I
2: ask Chimi what I should do, and he gives me something. And I try it, and I usually like it.
0: Fair. Very fair. Amy asks, if you know it, what is a video game with an incredibly well-written story? I mean, I have the ultimate example of brilliant story destroyed with the ending. (laughs) Lee knows what I'm talking about, I think. Oh, because let's face it. Mass Effect was wonderful until that ending. Landed, you shut your mouth. (laughs) Yes. Mass Effect 3. Exactly. Brilliant until the end.
2: You know what? When I started publishing, I had to stop playing role-playing games because I would have like a spurt two days when I just finished something and I wasn't ready to start downtime. That's when I could play games. I had to do all these other things, too. So I'd have, like, a four-hour chunk of time, and maybe two days, four-hour chunks of time. And then I would go away from the game for another two months while I'm right back to it, and it's like, what am I even doing? I don't Mm -hmm. even remember how to use the control. So I don't really play RPGs anymore. I haven't for several years. Um, uh, I do like Assassin's Creed, though.
0: Assassin's Creed? I think they've started losing their way. I'm going to have to go and... Open the door, Jem just got home, but I can talk still. So I'd say I think Assassin's Creed started drifting a little bit, but is overall still solid.
1: And then he just sort of blanks out.
0: And then it uh, kind of blanked out, you know, developers hurting studio things, that sort of thing. It happens. So.
2: I don't know, it's still fun. Oh, it's still so fun. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have any well written. I don't. Re- I mean, I really enjoyed Dragon Age Origins. That's about the last thing I was able to play as an RPG all the way
0: You know, I honestly, I never finished Dragon Age Origins.
2: Well, it's really hard to finish Dragon Age. It's got like 5,000 endings.
0: Well, I mean, so the big problem I ran into, because during the period while I was in the Navy, it was. Yeah, you, know, you play something, you play something, you play something, and oh, you're changing where you're stationed, and you kinda drop everything you were doing, because for a month and a half, two months you don't have access to it. And eh, I still I still have not finished Battlestar Galactica. Because I transitioned from Sicily to Bahrain and I just never got back into it, and by now I'd have to rewatch it, and I don't want to do that.
2: That's okay, the ending kinda sucked anyway.
0: I've heard that. But I will say it hit it really hit the military feel correctly in my opinion.
2: It just got a little weird at the end. I mean a little bit more weird than I'm I'm not saying I have a problem weird because I can do weird, but it got a little too
0: And King Nate points out he played more games in the Navy while underway than he does now. King Nate, you're about to call me a heathen. I was in the Navy for five years and never went to a ship. I'm about to get hatred. I just know it.
1: (laughs) Yep, there it is. So uh, I like video games. I play a lot of video games. Um, My favorite story of video games would probably be, it might be Nostalgia Glasses now, but uh, Chrono Trigger and Earthbound from the Super Nintendo, Um, a good modern game that I never actually finished, so I don't know how the story goes all the way to the end. But um, there's a game called Aquaria, which is one of the games where there's a certain part in it where if I could take a pill to make myself forget that game just so that I could play that part again, I would.
0: I think the real accomplishment for any game is you get the player to form that really solid emotional reaction or emotional attachment. If you can do that in a video game, you've won. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: I I mean, that's
2: what we all want.
1: mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not the only thing that can win in the game. Like I've never found felt an emotional attachment to any given Tetris piece. Um, but I'd still call Tetris a great game.
0: <laughs> no, Tetris forms that emotional Chewy, attachment by making you throw things, by withholding a line piece from you. Yes, yes, and you know they program that. Damn it! Absolutely. Actually, they
1: didn't. The original Tetris, uh, it was um, completely random, uh, mm. and like they've gone in and they've they've seen that. Or at least the Nintendo version was. It was just 100% random, which leads to strange droughts.
0: Kind of like Mythweaver's die roller. Exactly. Don't know how you just rolled three natural ones, but damn if you didn't just do it. Or, unfortunately, in the Game Master's case, that player. I don't know how you rolled three nat 20s in a row, but damn you.
1: You got enough people throwing dice, that's going to happen.
0: Yep, because the die roller pulls... I mean, it's the same thing running every time. It's just randomizing every roll.
1: Wait, wait, wait. I thought, I thought Nathan just grabbed a handful of dice whenever anyone used the dice roller.
0: You know, sometimes I wonder.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, That's why I'm always nice to him before I have a serious roll <laughs> I need to make.
0: Well, with that, we are going to have to wrap it up. We're about out of time, and... Nathan said we have to keep these to an hour and a half now to be gentle on the editor or save money or something. One of those be responsible things he spouts off at me. So, our standard Patreon plug. I'd just like to take a moment to remind everyone that this episode of Weaving Myths and every episode of Weaving Myths is made possible by our Patreon. Every contribution goes towards making the show better and keeping us running, and we are eternally grateful for all of our patrons. Most recently, our incredibly generous patrons have allowed Weaving Myths to be professionally edited, and we have a brand new logo. So if you were here early, I'm sorry we started on time at 8. I know no one is used to that. You would have seen our new logo during the countdown screen. That logo was selected by a handful of our patrons, so if you'd like to be included in future polls, you should definitely sign up. As always, regular Weaving Myths episodes will be available for free, and signing up for the Patreon is never required. Full episodes will always be available for download, and streaming is free of charge. Now some thank yous to our extremely generous patrons that have signed up at the Platinum or Greater Tier. We have Absent Wizard, Amanda C., Amy G., and Maru A., so thank you, you four, for being extremely generous with the donations. And thank you everyone so much for joining us today. It's been a blast, and we appreciate all the comments and questions from the text chat as always. For those of you watching the video recording, please don't forget to take a moment to like this video, subscribe, and ring the bell on our YouTube. It costs nothing, and it helps the show grow. I'm Colin, and I've been joined by the magnificent Lee and Chimi. Chimi may have died. We'll go with dead.
1: Oh, uh, a goodbye when I say your name. I
0: didn't push my push to talk. <laughs> Thank you for listening, and keep on weaving those myths.